0: This morning, we'll go on with the progression, so to say, of the metta practice. And as we've mentioned, Winnie and I have mentioned, the process does get more difficult uh, generally and specifically as we go along. And it's also unique for each person, with what is more difficult, what's less difficult, what really flows well with metta, what doesn't. This morning we'll begin uh, exploring this practice of unconditional kindness and friendship and acceptance, with the difficult person. And as I think was mentioned a few days ago, uh, traditionally, classically, the term that's often used uh, classically is uh, the enemy. We don't usually uh, use that term in our Western uh, uh, culture of teaching. We tend to uh, translate that uh, this process at this point into working with a difficult person or practicing with a difficult person. And sometimes in difficult situations uh, with difficult people, we react. So, again, that word, the difference between reacting and responding. We react. We react with aversion, with anger, maybe, with fear, maybe, with impatience or disappointment, or maybe grief or feelings of dejection, anxiety, despair, maybe guilt. And with these reactive states coming up in ourselves, we're actually perpetuating the suffering that's already present. And in fact, the suffering that the actions came out of. And so, with reaction, we are, in a sense, reacting it again and again when our actions of thought uh, 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 body and speech are born out of some mind state or mind states of aversion and in this reacting, reaction we harm ourselves and we harm others the far enemy of metta is aversion, the opposite meaning. The fire enemy meaning the opposite is aversion. One of the experiences that can happen in meditation practice for people at some points along the way in practice, and some of you may uh, have experienced some of this, is a kind of a spontaneous review that comes up, remembering, reviewing, and sometimes with uh, accompanied by uh, uh, some difficult feelings. All of the unskillful, all of the unhurtful, or all of the hurtful things that we've done in our life, and it does happen for just about everybody at some <coughs> points along the way in practice. I certainly went through uh, a very intense period like this at one point and then some less intense periods uh, of it over the years. In difficult situations, or in relationships with difficult people, we may, in, in, in a certain sense, make ourselves the difficult person. We may, in in a sense, make ourselves the enemy in our own mind when these reviews or these rememberings come up. And we see how we've acted outwardly and felt inwardly from the mind state of aversion, maybe with anger, maybe with rage. And maybe sometimes in very powerful and expressive ways. We have we see how we've acted in, with aversion inwardly, with the inward uh, experiences of fear, or disappointment, or grief, or maybe really shutting down to others, cutting ourselves off from others, and In that process, also cutting ourselves off from our own heart, our own mind. And this is a kind of separating, uh, paralyzing quality of energy. They're all really the same basic state of mind, aversion, appearing in all kinds of different guises. In our practice, in our meditation practice, our metta practice, our insight practice, it's important to not get caught thinking about the memories that might come up with aversive states of mind, to not get caught in thinking about them. But really, to begin to learn to just simply acknowledge, acknowledge that they've come up, and to open to the discomfort, to the pain uh, associated with the memory, to open to it as much as possible at any given time, not to force that, but to begin to be able to open and receive it. Thinking about it, getting caught up on that, those thought trains about it, story making around it pretty much always brings up a kind of guilt and guilt saps our energy and it strengthens our sense of self our self as a terrible person our self as a bad person and actually It's quite a self-obsessed, egotistical state of mind, guilt. I think uh, it's very interesting, and I found it really interesting when I first began to uh, discover this, that Buddhist psychology makes a distinction between guilt and remorse. Remorse is a recognition a realization, being very honest that in fact yes we've done something unskillful which caused pain in ourself and caused pain in others. And with the remorse we allow ourselves to feel the pain, the pain of that recognition, which is really an acknowledgment. Remorse doesn't sap our energy. Remorse leaves us energy for resolving, we could say, to not repeat our unskillful behavior and to move on. Remorse doesn't sap the energy. Energy is available for allowing for transformation or transcendence. when we hold on when we cling on to anger towards another or fear of another maybe someone who's treated us badly in some way treated us with disrespect perpetrated some kind of harm mentally or maybe physically if we cling to that hold tight to it hold tight to the anger to the fear there's a kind of self-identity that's recreated and recreated with these energies uh, informing us in in an unskillful way that this is who I am I'm a victim I'm a damaged person. And if we keep clinging, we keep re, re-identifying in that way. With anger, our, our feelings are, are always, uh, our feelings, our very particular feelings, if we keep on with it, are always center stage, very center stage. And it's not we're not able to clearly see the whole picture. See in a sense the suffering of of another. See maybe uh, uh, the uh, another's needs. Anger is a natural response to being hurt in some way. But if we keep holding it, we keep ourselves partially blind and we can't really truly connect. When we act from a place of rage, anger, guilt, Un- unwholesome grief. In a sense, it's very self-serving, and our awareness is is, is quite cloudy. I had a, a dinner with a, a student uh, a while ago, who's a little girl. Um, with dinner with her and her young girl, her young child, and. Uh, the little girl had done something during the day. I, I don't remember what it was. Uh, something happened during the day and she, that she'd been involved with, and she felt very sad about it. She had told her mother earlier, before dinner, how sad she was about what happened when she was remembering the day. And then, at dinner, she had a huge temper tantrum about nothing, it seemed about nothing. Nothing that was going on at the dinner, and her mother, uh, uh, and she was taking it out basically on on her mother uh, for no apparent reason whatsoever. And her mother didn't take it personally and reminded her her child in a very skillful way. It was I can't remember how she was. This was a few years ago. She may have been like six or seven. She was young. Um reminded her about the the sadness that she'd felt about what had happened during the day. And it was amazing to see the little girl's uh, temper tantrum dropped away, and she remembered the sadness and then talked about it. And she was no longer angry. She felt some sadness, maybe disappointment, as again, I don't remember what the situation was. It doesn't really matter. But she let go of her reactive, uh, which for her had been quite a habit pattern. She was an adopted child and she'd had a rough beginning. So she'd had quite a history of temper tantrums as a way of acting out pain. But this time she remembered the sadness and that was what she remembered. And we we talked about it and and then we went on and we had uh, dinner a nice dinner together. I I was uh, quite uh, admiring of how her mother handled it and the little girl's real ready response to that very skillful interaction with her mother. I uh, found uh, some quotes uh, from different cultures uh, regarding uh, uh, difficult people. I'd just like to share a few of them. It's a lot of wisdom coming from around the world in this, in this way. Uh, uh, a quote from Confucius Humanity overcomes inhumanity the way water overcomes fire. From the Quran Requite evil with good, and the one who is your enemy will be your dearest friend." This is my favorite, actually. This is from Senegal. If there is cause to hate someone, the cause to love has just begun. We've all uh, had difficult people in our lives of varying degrees, and we will continue to have difficult people uh, come through our lives to varying degrees. So how do we work with it? What do we do with that? And again, we do different things at different times and certainly this practice is a powerful uh, antidote we could say and healing uh, opportunity in terms of the way that we uh, the possibility of responding rather than reacting from old habitual uh, ways and pains uh, in relationship to difficult people in difficult situations. It's important when we practice uh, metta with a difficult person that we don't uh, start with the most difficult person in our life. And this is really important. I'll just tell you a quick or a personal story With well, the first time that I practiced meta with a difficult person, I was enthused, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and I was going to go for it, really go for it. And I picked who at that particular point in my life was the most difficult person in my life. Now I have a, a mind that uh, visualizes very easily, quite well and in lots of detail and color and everything. So. I picked this extremely difficult person. I brought an image of them up, and lo and behold, the image this person was at the very, very top of a very tall stairway, <laughs> and she was teeny tiny. <laughs> and I kept trying to get her bigger and get her off the stairway. She wouldn't come down, she just stayed up the top like. Minuscule, minute little image of her up at the top of the stairway so I thought, wow, this is interesting maybe it's not the right person <laughs> right now maybe I'm asking for trouble so I just let it go I did go back eventually to her but I let it go and picked a mildly irritating person it Was the right thing to do <laughs> so no matter how um, enthused you might be <laughs> about working with a difficult person, I'm making a big assumption here. But uh, uh, take your time, practice metta with metta. Pick somebody who's just kind of bugs you a bit, a little bit irritating. You'll keep going with practice, hopefully, and you'll have plenty of time to practice with the really, really difficult. So we'll begin now with the practice. Just relaxing, take a couple of deep breaths, settle into your seat. I think uh, I haven't, and I'm not sure if Winnie has, I don't quite remember that she has to remind you all that this practice, and really any practice from in our in our Buddhist lineage, we need to practice from a place of relaxation. Very important. And so when you find yourself tensing up in your body, your mind starting to get tight. Just stop. Take a few deep breaths. Settle back into your seat, or if you're standing, just reconnect with just standing on the earth. Relax. And then begin again. And so we'll begin, uh, just uh, for a few rounds, uh, sending metta to whoever is easiest for you that we've been practicing with up to this point, either yourself, a benefactor, a dear friend, or maybe the neutral person. But just pick one of these, whichever one is the easiest, whichever one the heart and mind open to most easily in relationship to offering metta, and just picking and Picking one person, one being, and offering a few rounds with the phrases that you've been using. I'm not going to repeat the phrases because some of you are using some of the phrases, some are using others, some of you may have uh, done a little bit of change with some of the phrases to make them more relevant for you, so you just use the phrases that you have been using. And now whoever you've been offering metta to, finish with the phrase you're on. And just let them be, let them go. They're going with your metta blessings. Just let them go. And now, bring to mind, bring to heart, a a difficult person. Not too difficult. Don't shop around too much. You won't find the perfect, difficult person. And if you are able to visualize easily, bring an image up. Maybe along with the felt sense. If if visualizing doesn't come easily for you, bring in a felt sense to some degree of this person. And bring into your mind some good quality. Maybe one, maybe more than one of this person. And if that is too challenging at this moment, then just simply bring into your mind, your heart, this. Beings wish to be happy this being's wish to be at ease in their life just as you wish to be happy at ease and content in your life so just this brief reflection in relationship to the difficult person that you've invited, invited in to receive metta. and now beginning <clears throat> with the phrases for this being and using the same or similar phrases that you've used for yourself and all the other beings that we've been practicing with up until now and directing the energy of the mantra phrases to the image the felt sense. If at any point this morning or as you go on through your day of practicing with a difficult person, if at any point it becomes too difficult, too, too hard to keep going with this, uh, this difficult person, just return to your benefactor or to your dear friend or yourself or maybe the neutral person for a little while until the heart softens and opens the mind softens and opens again and then just begin again return again to the difficult person so again practicing metta with metta (laughs) it <laughs> Now, finish with whatever phrase you're on in relationship to the difficult person that you're practicing with, and just let them be. go be on their way spending just a moment or so now offering metta to yourself to yourself, from yourself, for yourself showering yourself with kindness, friendship, acceptance